welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. God, it was a, it's like it was a long it was a long way to get here with all the snow and all the I know. wind. That's why we moved this to the B try, and now we're I back know. in the, the nice warm climate instead of that Ohio bullshit. But I had to fly through like a blizzard to get here. I know, load of crack garbage. Yeah. Anyway, I'll- everyone, hi, <laughs> hi, <laughs> it's me, Zach. <laughs> Hi, I'm Griffin. <laughs> Hi, and this is Zach Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Welcome, 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 welcome back, all of our returning listeners, and welcome for the very first time, anyone who's just tuning in to this very episode. And I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, we started off real big energy. I don't know when the... It's so hard main... to tell sometimes with you, like, when a bit's gonna end, like, when I should keep going and when a bit's gonna end. And See, I, I, I feel like it's not the best comedic place to be, but I'm a big fan of having a really big bit and then just cutting it off. <laughs> <laughs> and well, then just was... cold stop. Yep. No, I mean, it, you, it, t- it took me approximately 30 seconds to recover from that. Uh, so, very God, good. God dang it hey everyone how are we doing today how's uh i think well i'm the only one who can really answer that in the moment yeah i mean like i Um, guess i I said the collective we but i really did mean you well you did just see me 10 minutes ago this is fair we did Um, just leave our 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 our, the job mm -hmm. um one of us for the last time (laughs) yeah for, for the last time which is very exciting I'm very, I'm very happy for you, my friends, that you no longer have to work at a bread mine. I will miss you. I will miss you, too. But that's okay, because I'll see you while we Here. moonlight as uh, pet connoisseurs. Yes, 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 yes. Well, friends, we've got a nice, uh, nice show for you, but before that, we have another rendition of everyone's favorite segment, which is Pet News. Yeah. Yeah. Pet news. You got some, some pet news? I do have some pet news. Scientists discover first, uh, well, it says animal, but as you read further, it's, I would just call it a a, a creature of some sort. Scientists discover first creature that can survive without oxygen. Oh. Yeah, researchers on Monday, well, this was posted, um, I'm reading this off of, oh, Fox News, ugh. Ugh. But this was published the 27th of, of February, which is what? It was yesterday. Yeah. As of recording this. As of recording this. So this past Monday, researchers on Monday said that they found the first animal out of millions of known species that can survive its entire life without oxygen. Oh, I'm not going to pronounce this right. The Henagoya Salmonicola, or H. Salmonicola, normally lives in the muscles of its salmon host. The ten-celled oh. creature has evolved to the point where it doesn't breathe at all. 
according to a study uh, published in the National Academy of Sciences. Aerobic uh, restoration was thought to be ubiquitous in animals, but now we confirm that this is not the case, said Dorothy Huchin, Huchin, a zoologist in Israeli's Tel Aviv University, in a press release. Our discovery shows that evolution can go in strange directions. Aerobic respiration is a major source of energy, and yet we found an animal that gave up this critical pathway. Interesting. So apparently there's creatures that don't uh, don't need to breathe. It's a little parasite. That, uh, live, that lives in slamming. In, in the good old slamming. Good old slamming. S- salmon. <laughs> um, and it doesn't breathe. And it doesn't breathe. Interesting. A ten-celled creature doesn't breathe. Now, Zach, as, as interesting as this little tidbit is, I do, uh, I, I must call into question the, uh, is this pet news? Because I don't know if I want a ten-celled parasite in my slamming as a pet. I mean, like, it really depends on the person. Like, look, if you are a near, not microscopic, but if you're a pretty mm-hmm. tiny, you know, person and you're looking All for right. a cool little 10 cell friend, like, if you can go and uh, pick yourself up a nice uh, Hanagoya Salmonicola. All right. That's how you pronounce it. I guess it's possible that to the salmon. This thing is its pet. I mean, yeah, kind of. In a weird kind of roundabout way. There you go. All right. Our our parasites pets. Yeah. (laughs) Hanagoya Salmon Salmon Nicola. Available at Zach Griffith's Multiversal Pet Shop. Amazing. Now, uh, episode time? Episode time, I think. I think so. Is it time? Wait, is it it episode time? Do you smell it? Because it smells like an episode coming. Wait, what's that around the corner waiting to smack us over the head with a baseball bat? Oh, it's an Griffin! What? That's an episode! Ah! <laughs> Let's do it. We're in rare form tonight. What the fuck do my neighbors think of me? That's what I just want to know. <laughs> anyway, today we're doing a nice little grab bag from everyone's favorite guide. Oval's... Oh, God, what is it? Oval's Guide to uh, Friends? Oval's Guide to Critters. Oval's Guide to Critters. Oh, God. That's what happens when you parody something and then you forget what you called it. Yep, we write nothing down. Yeah, Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop is a paperless company. There we we go. We're very green that way. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, right now we're going to talk about little friends called Banderhobs. Banderhobs, you say? Yes, not to be confused with Bandersnatch, the popular... Black Mirror sub story. Sure. Anyway, Banderhobs, baby. The Banderhob is a hybrid of shadow and flesh. Oh. Weird way to start it off there, Oval, but I like it. <laughs> Through dark magic, these components take on a. Components? That's a weird way to refer to them. Take on an enormous and vile humanoid shape resembling a bipedal toad. In this form, a Banderhob temporarily serves its creator as a thug, a thief, and a kidnapper. Huh. For, I guess, a physical description, as that's sort of mentioned, it is a bipedal toad. They are classified as large monstrosities. Yikes. And, um, they're kind of (laughs) icky-looking. Well, it is a hybrid of shadow and flesh, so that Of shadow and flesh. Yeah, it's kind of... It's got the big, uh... You know, it's kind of chunky... 
It's got some chunk on it. A little chunk. Uh, but there's some a lot of muscle under that chunk. All right. Um, it's got the sort of big frog. Uh, what do you call the thing under their neck that expands? I have no idea, actually. You know, the the weird bubble thing. Yeah, the throat sack. The throat sack. Um, I'm not gonna Google frog frog throat sack. I'm very interested up. to see what what comes up in this Google search. Actually, vocal sack. Oh, well, there you go. A flexible membrane of skin possessed by most male frogs. What about toads? Because this is a toad, technically. Damn it! <laughs> Back to Google. Let's go. Male frogs and toads. Oh, okay, there we go. So the vocal sack, but it's sort of it, it, it's dangling. <laughs> a la the the weird goblin king from the Hobbit movies. For sure, you, if you've seen those. Sure. Um, the the image here's got an arm hanging out of its mouth, like it just uh, ate someone, which I find very funny. Excellent. Um. It's got this really gross, like, sickly greenish-gray coloring with some, like, yucky yellow, <laughs> like, on the on the tummy and under the chin. Just a and lot of yuck. A lot of yuck, honestly. Um, but yes, uh, let's, uh, let's jump back in. It says, birds by hags. In the earliest days of the world, a coven of night hags devised a ritual that led to the creature... Of uh, the creation of the first Banderhop, a hag that knows the ritual might be willing to teach it uh, for the right price. Oh, God. Some other dark fae and powerful fiends also know of the process, as do a few mortal mages. Instructions might also be found in its home devoted to debased wizardry. Huh. So, it, much like a, like a homunculus. Yeah. Banderhobs are things that can be created through rituals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a number of instances of like wizardly rituals having gone wrong and generating some sort of creature in return. Uh, so this, yeah, the, this is not uncommon to hear about. Yeah, uh, silent and deadly. Oh, not silent but deadly. Ho ho ho. <laughs> I don't know where my head's at today. Ah, uh, fart jokes. Do you, do you like my weird hair fin? It's, it's interesting, yeah. It's like yeah. coming out the side. It's just sure shooting out the side of my head there. Yeah. When the ritual to create a banderhop is complete, flesh, spirit, and shadow combine to produce a creature as big as an ogre. The newly formed monstrosity has spindly limbs that... Belly? I don't what? know. Belly? B-E-L-I-E. What is that word? I've never heard this before. Is it Belly? Belly? Belai? Belai. Oh, well, there we go. That Belai great strength. I'm learning things every day. B-E-L-I-E? Yeah. Yeah, Belai. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. You learn something new. Yeah. Uh, its broad maw holds a long tongue and rows of fangs, both of which it uses to grab and swallow a creature or perhaps an object the banner hob intends to steal. Despite its size, the banner hob makes little noise, moving as silently as the shadows that infuse it. Ah, the banner hob isn't capable of speech, but it can't understand orders given to it by its creator and communicates with nearby banner hobs in a psychic manner. Oh, God. It's telepathic with its own kind? With its own kind, yeah. It's, they're described as agents of evil as well, which is Excellent. fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, night hags are their sort of origins and uh, fiends and... Whatever else you said and the, that know how to create these things. Those are all typically evil. Oh. Now, it seems that they are sort of created 
and at creation are given a assignment. And okay. once that assignment is through, they expire. Interesting. Yes. Kind of like steel predators or kind of, yes. retrievers. Yeah, no, it says that a, a banner hop fulfills its duties until it, its existence ends. When it expires, usually several days after its birth, it leaves behind only tarry goo and wisps of shadow. Uh, le- uh, oh, yes, legends tell of a dark tower in the Shadowfell, where the shadows sometimes reform and banner ha- uh, hobs roam. Huh. Banderhob so, heaven. <laughs> now, Banderhobs, yes. Uh, we do not have our any of our own. We sort of have a Banderhob starter kit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, s- don't ask how we got some of the necessary materials. I made a um, deal with a night hag. It's fine. We, did, we made a bit of a deal. Um, and, of course, the, the ritual instructions. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know. You're on you your own. Supplies you can make your own. Or yeah. fi- find your own. But don't tell us how you find your own. We don't want to know. Yeah, what you do, by and large, after the pets leave these doors is between you and Jesus. Yes, so. we've been told that by our legal team when you sign your paperwork upon mm-hmm. adoption. So mm-hmm. we're in the clear. Like, I will I will accept pictures of your blink dog in the mail. You know, looking all cute, like laying on his on its back with like its paws akimbo. Oh, yeah, and we, we we love a where, like a where are they toy. now? Yeah, we love uh, uh, we love to, good, we love to see it. You love to see it, um, but at the same time, I don't want to hear about you and people. Yeah, I don't want to hear about what uh, you and your neckers are doing. I don't want to hear about what's like what what the latest banshee story is. I don't need to... I don't care. Blink dog pictures, though, I will take. Might even give you a discount. Who knows? But yeah, no, these things are these things are pretty... Uh, aside from their grossness, they're, they're pretty cool. It's... it's. Aren't you normally the one to find the the beauty in the gross things? I normally am. Um, and um, just give me a moment. I'm sure I'll find it. <laughs> Because, like, way back in episode one, you really turned me around on Grix. I did. I really did. Um, that was when I knew that this was going to be a good working relationship, you and I. Well, I mean, the side that they are both muscle and stealth, like, that in itself is very advantageous. For sure. If you have multiple, they can communicate telepathically, which is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice little I'm- hit squad there. It says it has a, 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 a feature called Resonant Connection. Let me read this bad boy. Is that, it that says it, telepathy? I don't know. Let's see. If the Banderhab... Banderhab. 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 How you doing there? <laughs> if it has even a tiny piece of a creature or an object in its possession, such as a lock of hair or a splinter of wood, it knows the most direct route to that creature or object uh, if it is within one mile of the Banderhab. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they're very good trackers too. Yeah, these these things are like this is like a hit squad. They're kind, yeah, especially I want to see like a, a gang of like Banderhob street toughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like roll up and they like they have a nice telepathic conversation with themselves. It's like, hey, yo, Tony, hey, look, these little <laughs> th- these little goblin punks is rolling around again. Oh well, you know what we do here about goblins, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, what's that, DeLuca? Oh, we eat them. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then they they use their big-ass tongue and swallow the thing. 
Oh, good. I'm seeing here they also have Shadow Step, which is terrifying. They can magically teleport yep. from one patch of darkness to another patch of darkness. Yes, 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 they can. Which is horrible. Yeah, and these things <laughs> are chunky. So, like, the fact that it's like, I mentioned to you at work today, like, you're a tall dude, yes. but you're light on your feet, and so you sneak up on me really easily. I am very, very sneaky, sir. So, but, like, imagine, like, Ryan Halfhill of Shakespeare fame just appearing behind you. Oh, yeah, it'd be awful. He's a big guy. He's a big man. He's, he is a Viking, the closest he, thing I've ever met to a Viking. Yeah. So, like... Imagine that, but also he's half toad. Yes, and just and and then you're inside his mouth, and then he eats you. Yeah, and then he eats you and steals all your stuff and takes it to their bo- his boss Beluka, <laughs> and and then they go and they buy themselves s- some sodi pop mm-hmm. and some like like, a, like street toughs do, you know? Yeah, and some some at the, at the would, at the old soda fountain. Yeah, what would? This fictional Banderhob Street Tough Gang be called, hmm, like their Tunnel Snakes name. Yeah, like what? What do they scream rules when they get into a fight? <laughs> tunnel Snakes rule. I don't know, like the Shadow Steppers. And that's pretty good. It's not bad. That's pretty good. It's also just I just really want to say Bandahab again. Hey, look, uh, we're just a couple gentle bandahabs. We're just a and, couple uh, bandahabs. We're just looking to fuck shit up, eat our fill, and maybe get home for the next episode of Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you got yourself with that one. Holy shit. <laughs> You're so fucking funny. I love you so much. Oh, God. Uh, so, Banderhobs. <laughs> Banderhobs. Uh, buy one, get one free. Moving on. Banderhobs. <laughs> Woo, buddy. God. <laughs> you get me once. You get one solid Griffin snap every, like, every oh, episode. It's real good. All right. Uh, we're moving on some something uh, another kind of sneaky sneaky critter, uh, something called a cave fisher. Yeah, and, and no, it does not have a fishing rod. A cave fisher uh, is it, it has. I think they classify it as an arachnid. Um, it has a you know the the long thorax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two two uh, two rows of like four or like a row of four legs on each side that have that arachnid sort of bend. It's kind of got the, the the scorpion setup. Yeah, it's more without it's, the without the tail. Yeah, it's its body's more akin to a scorpion. Um, on all the way up to the front, it's got like the same kind of bendy appendages. Bupendit? Nope. Uh, Bailing out of that joke. Um, and it does have kind of big scorpion kind of claw. I, pe- or, I pinch. I pinch her. Uh, and its face is interesting because it looks a little bit like a butthole. Um, but it like, ki- It kind of looks like a butthole. It looks a little bit like a butthole in Oval's oh, book. Man. Um, but they are blind. They have blind sight. They don't navigate via sight. Uh, traditional sight, I suppose I should, I should say. 
Um, Cavefishers are subterranean arachnids with long snout, a long snout, that houses spinnerets, enabling the creature to produce sticky filaments, much like the strands of a spider's webbing, which the creature uses to snag prey. A cavefisher usually hunts small animals. Uh, They're fond of bats, apparently. Uh, They stretch the filaments over openings that prey might travel through. Uh, It will then climb up to a hiding spot and adhere itself to the surface to rest and wait. When a prey blunders into the filaments, the cavefisher reels in its meal. A group of cavefishers might work together to cover a large area with filaments. But as soon as one captures potential food, every cavefisher in the area competes for the prize. If a victim escapes the initial ambush, a cavefisher can reclaim its prey by shooting a filament out to capture it again. Oh, man. Yeah, they do have the ability... um, Let me see here. I'm going to try to see, like... Oh, man, that sucks. They can extend sticky filament. They can shoot it up to 60 feet away. So they can, oh, just, they can just get you. I mean, however, they can't see you after 60 feet. So like, Right, so once you're clear of that range, you're fine. Once you're out of 60 feet, you're fine. But if they get you, oh, man. Hudaugi. Then, then you got. And they can also reel you in, provided you are way under 200 pounds. Nice. Yeah. Oh man, I'm like I'm under that precipice now. Yeah. Woo. Oh beans. I mean, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> I mean, weight yeah, loss, yeah, but, but no. also now I can get eaten by a cave fisher. Well, they are medium, so I think you could put up a, a decent fight. Yeah, they're they're people size, which is oh, harrowing. <laughs> but like long ways. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> um, this tag in Oval's book says that they're moving up in the world. Scarce food might draw a group of cavefishers up to the surface, into a shadowy canyon or a gloomy forest that features both native animal prey and creatures such as explorers or travelers occasionally moving through the area. A cavefisher instinctively knows that larger targets such as humanoids are more difficult to overcome, so the creatures shy away from attacking such prey unless they come into a solitary target. They might try to pick off a scout moving ahead of a group of travelers, or a straggler lagging behind rather than attracting the attention of the entire group. So classic hunter tactics, you know, picking mm-hmm. off the weak ones. Nearly every part of a cave fisher is useful after the creature has been dispatched. And this is the part I like about this. I read this earlier. Its blood is alcoholic and tastes like strong liquor. Several dwarven spirits include cave fisher blood as part of the recipe, and some dwarves, especially berserkers, drink the blood straight. How fucking wild is that? That's pretty wild. Oh, we have a guest. We do. Everyone at home, this here is Ripley, Gene, Tuttle, Rob, hanging out. Will you say hello to the people at home? No. 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 Ripley, just give me, like, one good meow into the microphone and I'll be happy. Can you give us a meow? We'd love to hear it. You have a very sweet meow. No, she's over this. All right. Bye, Ripley. Cavefishers, if they are uh, if they are gathered after being extruded, cavefisher filaments can be woven into rope that is thin, tough, and nearly invisible. Oh, that's yeah. neat. Cavefisher meat is edible, tasting much like crab cooked in strong wine. And the creature's shell can be used in the manufacture of tools, armor, and jewelry. Yeah, its filament would make, like, good, like, fishing line. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, they're called cave fishers. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fact that they're like that their blood is alcoholic is insane. That's buck wild. Well, That's yeah, if you... so weird. Yeah, no, I was reading a little bit ahead in the stat block what mm-hmm. happens because the, the the blood takes a whole new level, man. Yeah, they have a thing called flammable blood where if they uh, are get wounded and start bleeding, then they they become more vulnerable to fire. Because their blood. Because <laughs> it's alcoholic. That's bug wild. Yeah, it's insane. While some folk hunt cave fishers to kill them for their filaments and for their blood, others capture cave fisher eggs and rear the hatchlings. Cave fishers have a natural aversion to fire since their blood is flammable. Um, as such, certain creatures like hobgoblins sometimes use the threat of fire to train cave fishers because they're dicks. Um, and employ them to guard passages or use them as beasts of war. So, A, don't do that. Fuck you if you do. B, there's as there's as we've learned in all of this, there's a better way to do that. It's all about love baby. Yes. But yeah, cave fishers are they they have they may have a lot of utility to them. And I imagine like you can like you know, get, like, spider silk from a spider without killing the spider. No, of course not. Yeah. So you can have cave fishers around and kind of have a little farm almost. A cave fisher farm, yeah. Yeah, to extract the filament and use it in various ways and arts and crafts and selling. And maybe you can just, like, take a a nip of blood every now and then. I don't fucking know. (laughs) A nip nip of that hooch. Yeah. Just drink your cave fisher. <laughs> oh God! What's the? There was, it, it was, was an bad. episode of the of the office where Dwight's like, "I've created a a, uh, a device that allows you to extract four good burger patties from a cow without killing it." What the fuck? <laughs> That's awful. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, you gotta you gotta find a way to tap your uh, tap your cave fisher <sighs> so that you don't kill it. God. Uh. They're they're not the fastest creatures in the world. Um, they're relatively stealthy. They do have a uh, the spider climb ability, so they can mm-hmm. um, hang upside down on ceilings and climb mm-hmm. difficult surfaces just yeah. fine. They're not. Um, I wouldn't say they're hunters per se. They're. It's more they seem like opportunity killers. I yeah, guess. I mean, in the same way that a spider spins a web and waits for things to fly into it and then gobbles them up. Yeah. That's kind of what a cavefisher does. They don't. They don't need to be fast. Right. They. They can. They shoot you from real far out. Yeah, they they lie in wait, they ambush you, they lay traps, and go from there. Yeah, the the filament is, like, wicked useful, I imagine, in a lot mm. of different varieties. The fact that it's nearly invisible is wild mm-hmm. to me, just because it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of translucent and stringy, and weaving that together, you have just, yeah, kind of like very strong high tensile fishing line yeah no, that'd be rad whole nother industry that we could tap into my man oh zach and griffin's angler multiversal shop. yeah there you go i was gonna say <laughs> multiversal tackle box but yeah, that's pretty good too zach and griffin's multiversal bait shop i like that i'm here yeah. for it yeah we're gonna have to oh man because fishing licenses are a pain so we're gonna have yeah. to come up with with some re, some way to get around that i mean is there much of a jurisdiction in the b try though like i don't know i mean granted they would have to brave it out here yeah 
I mean, but most so does everyone else that comes to the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got like, yeah, but like fishing here though seems like a bad idea. Oh yeah, don't fish here. Yeah, I'm saying like they can get a fishing license anywhere. We can we, sell them the stuff. We I guess that's I guess that's fair. License. I guess that's fair. I was thinking about that's, more of our our multidimensional like our, our not our UTP customers. Yeah, no, see, yeah, we. I don't think we quite need to navigate that ourselves. We can yeah. allow them to navigate it. I just punched my mic. It's allow fun. them to navigate it, and we can just sell them shit. Yeah, all right. I mean, valuable items, not shit. I promise that we're not. Is there a market, sell- though, in creating, like, a... Like a... A, a, a thing a of universal, shit? No. <laughs> a universal fishing, fishing license. license. So that, because I mean, in the States, you know, you kind of got to go, in the United States, you kind of got to get a new fishing license state to state. Yeah. And it, and it I, only lasts a certain amount of time. But if we, because we have this multiversal business, can we extend that to having fishing licenses per verse? I feel like there, there'd be a lot of red tape and bureaucracy we'd have to go through but discussing in- with the governments of the of different different planes there'd be a lot to wade through we look we can look into it we, we can, can look, look into, into it. it we'll get to make you know, our 17th side hustle we'll get helene in legal um yeah. and she can um yeah start see if she can uh, uh see where people are at and maybe drop some paperwork it'll be good. yeah yeah um hey siri remind me to call helene in legal at what time is it at 6 p.m you don't have an iPhone, you fucking liar. Come on, Zach. <laughs> For the bit. <laughs> Come on. Hey, Siri. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate your guts. <laughs> fuck you, next creature. No, I love- fuck you, average. <laughs> no lead in. No bit. No more bits. Bits are canceled. Ad break. <laughs> everybody needs a friend sometimes some days that nine to five just drags you down and you need somebody to help pick you back up some days you have to go to the store but leaving the house by yourself seems next to impossible some days you just need someone to listen and for some folks animal or monster companionship just isn't the right fit If you've ever found yourself in a situation like that, then Instant Mister may be right for you. Instant Mister is a compact, inflatable companion that you can keep in a pocket, purse, or backpack until you need a friend. Just pull the seal on the top of your Instant Mister, and he inflates within seconds into a fully grown, human-sized buddy just for you. Instant Mister follows wherever you go and is durable enough to stand up to water, dirt, and unwanted human contact as you brush by strangers in tight situations. And when you're done, simply say, see you next time, pal. And the magical enchantment safely deflates your instant mister and returns him to a compact size for next time. Need an audience to practice speaking in front of others? Instant mister. Walking home late at night and want someone to help keep you safe? Instant mister. Tired of sleeping alone? Instant Mister. Instant Mister comes in many design options such as businessman, skater punk, frat guy, single father, guy with acoustic guitar who only knows one song, doctor, woodsman, beer snob, underachiever, and more. Also, check out our celebrity options. You can style your Instant Mister after famous misters such as Ryan Reynolds, Lin-Manuel Miranda, 
Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew Mercer, Andre 3000, Stephen Hawking, John F. Kennedy, and more. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP to order your Instant Mister today. Or you can order online at PetShopCast.com and use the promo code LONELY to get 15% off your order. Instant Mister. You've got a friend whenever. Hey, hey are, you, are you still mad at me? Got, no, it's it's okay, buddy. Um, okay, we can bring we can bring bits back if you if cool. if just know, like so just we, during the ad break we had a we had a long conversation about trust mm-hmm. and uh, we went to the feelings room. Yeah, and um, I explained that I felt I felt like my bit was being stepped on that my um, I was not being recognized in the comedic space. Mm-hmm. Um. I wasn't yes ending with you, and it's, it's, um, I'm it's sorry. okay, because because like yes ending is valuable, but you know there's also value in in no instead. So, hey, we're, I love you. I love you too. All right, so we're so we're 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 better. Is, is, we're, we're we're fine, everyone. This right. is what a, a productive working relationship looks like. All right, shake it off. Like. Shake it off, uh, friends. Yes. Up next, oh. we've got something. It's called. A trapper, mm. no like a, trapper, like a trapper keeper. No, like which a is the most people. buck wild thing to me because I never heard that growing up, and so someone was the, like the hey, phrase trapper keeper. Yeah, so someone was like, I never heard that growing up, and so someone yeah. was like, Can you have me my trapper keeper? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's called yeah, a trapper binder. Keeper. No, it's a binder. <laughs> well, see, a, a binder is a binder. I always refer to it as a trap. A trapper keeper was like. It was like the three ring binder, but it was like the the cloth thing that had like the zipper on it. Sure, you know what I'm talking about. Still a binder. I mean, yeah, but I, I called that a trapper keeper because right. that also had like pen slots and pockets and shit. Yeah, no, that was like, the hot shit to have in middle yeah. school. Oh, middle school, everyone had had the trapper keeper. Yeah, that was a trapper keeper. A three like a three ring binder, like your basic. Yeah. Bi- that, that's just a binder. Okay. But but then okay. it got more extravagant into the 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 realm of trapper keeperness. Okay. Anyway, a trapper <laughs> is a mantis. Oh, it's not mantis. <laughs> We're gonna take that back again. A mantis. No, a trapper uh, is a manta-like creature that lurks in subterranean and natural environments. It can change the color and texture of its tough, outward-facing side. Oh, shape. My page changed. There we go. To help it blend in with its surroundings, while its soft inward-facing side clings to the floor, wall, or ceiling in its hunting territory. Mm. So, it's yeah. You you, you know how how mantas are the, the yeah. sort of flapping. Yeah, these are very similar to. We talked about them a while ago. Um, cloakers. Cloakers. Yes, which are very sort of stingray esque cave dwelling. Mm-hmm. Fly around, little sit cling, in caves. cling to ceiling, drop on you. Yeah, can hang upside down and just look like a cloak that's just kind of been hung. Yeah, and then drop and go. It sounds like trappers are are more. They're more camouflagey. Yeah, it's like, like more, a f- almost chameleon like. Yeah, they're sort of a weird fleshy. They seem to behave like a weird fleshy rug of smothering. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> a, f- a flesh of smothering. Yeah, a flesh of smothering, if you will. It says it remains motionless as it waits for prey to come close, and when a target is within range, uh, it peels itself from the surface, wraps around its play- prey, crushing, smothering, and then digesting it. Hmm. All in one. All in one. 
Versatile camouflage is one of its tags. It says a trapper can alter the color and texture of its outward side to match its surroundings. So it can blend in with any surface made of stone, earth, or wood, masking its presence to any but the most rigorous scrutiny. Can't change its... Oh, I thought thought you said how, and I was like, I don't know. That's how it was made. But you said yowza. I haven't heard that phrase in a while. I like yowza. yowza. I miss yowza. (laughs) It can't change its texture to that of a grassy or snow-covered surface, but it can change its color to match and then conceal itself under a thin layer of vegetation or actual snow. Okay. So it can't be the texture, but it can sort of make do the color of snow like it's underneath it. Interesting. It sounds like just maybe I'm just thinking it's because I've got cloakers on the brain, but my initial instinct was that they are subterranean. But mm-hmm. the whole grass and snow thing suggests to me that they can there might not exclusively be subterranean. Yeah, it, it's first thing says uh, uh, in lurks in subterranean and natural environments. Okay, so Oof. not always subterranean, but also can be like in like a forest or yeah. something like that. Just hanging out on a tree branch, waiting to drop on you. Yeah. Now, they're, when it comes to eating, um, they're very much kind of like a snake, I think. Oh. You know, snakes only, like, they eat, like, one meal and that, like, they yeah. slowly digest it over time. It says that they need to eat about a halfling-sized meal once a week to remain sated. Wow. Yeah. That's it not is that content- much. It's not that much. So, it really, it's not that high maintenance. All right. It is uh, content to stay in one place, given a steady supply of food, and thus trappers are a threat along any well-traveled dungeon corridor and on rats through the wilderness to see a lot of traffic. Oh, well, that's see a lot of traffic. So be weary if you're traveling. Look mm-hmm. out for them. But they really don't need to eat that much, and they don't like to move around a lot. Yeah. Um, it says Very when cool. a prey is scarce, a trapper enters a state of hibernation that can last for months. Though it is still aware when prey comes near, a trapper uh, on the verge of starvation might defy its instincts and begin creeping along, abandoning its old territory in search Ooh. of better hunting. So yeah, they like like bears. Like it's like I don't have any food. I'm gonna sleep for a little bit. Yeah, all right. You know, it's the winter months. You know, the, people don't travel food this pass a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to sleep for a couple months, and then maybe a squirrel walks by my path and. <laughs> Now, I'm very interested to read this. It says, beware of leftovers. All right. That's one of the tags. Go when on. its prey is dead, a trapper dissolves and absorbs the fleshy parts, leaving a scattering of bones, metal, treasure, and other indigestible bits oh. in the place where the creature had been. So it sets a trap. Oh. There's oh. its name. A trapper that lurks on the floor of its hunting grounds can cover these remains with uh, with own body, making them look like irregularities in the surface. The creature might also attach itself to a wall or a ceiling close to the, a recent kill, effectively using the remnants as bait. A creature that stops to investigate the bones for valuables stands a good chance of becoming the trapper's next meal. Of course. It's so obvious. It was right there in the name. Ah. So they 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 fall over top of you like a blanket. Yeah, but it's all fleshy and muscle, so it just it tightens. Just, it constricts you, and then the it's stomach acid. If this thing has a stomach, it, I'm assuming it secretes some sort of uh, of dissolving it just, solution. It just secretes on the inside. Ass. It's Ugh. it's fleshy underside, and just melts you. 
Yep. Except for your bones and your stuff. And then it leaves that there and crawls back up the wall. Or it could just, like, unfurl right there and leave the pile of stuff, like, on top of it. Yeah. God and then, it, And then when people kneel down to look at stuff, Venus flytrap that shit. They're kind of rad. That, that stinks. I'm sorry, I had a pen in my mouth when I said that. No, that's fine. They're they're pretty rad. I mean, they're real slow. They only got a, a, a speed about 10 feet. Yeah. Um, a lot of, they lot are of pretty ambush beefy. predators yeah, have that, a lot, that tendency. A whole, whole lot of hit points, though. Really? Like, yeah, 85. Fuck. I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> Dropping one of these, is, it would be hard. But Dude, they have the, blind sight up to 30 feet, dark vision out to 60. What do you think... Because, like, have you ever seen the face of a manta ray? Yeah. It's just, like, two little weird tiny gaping. eyes and yeah, a weird kind of slit for a mouth. Yeah. What do you think this thing's face looks like? Because I'm picturing just Blanky from the Brave Little Toaster. Yeah, well, it's like... Because it's got the blind sight to 30. So, like, I was wondering, does it have eyes at all? But then it has dark vision out to 60. So it's got to have eyes. So it's got to have eyes. There's got to be a wondering... face somewhere on this thing. I just, yeah, I just don't know where. God damn it, we're going to find this face. It's probably like one of the corners. I'd like to think that it's like in the corner. And so it kind of. That's a cool thought. Like a weird handkerchief. (laughs) Sort of of does its thing. A weird murderous handkerchief. A weird murderous handkerchief. But look, if you're interested in a trapper, I mean, they're obviously real useful sort of, sort of protecting your shit, if, especially if you're living, like, underground or in the yeah. forest. They don't – they're pretty low maintenance. If food is good, they'll stay right where they're at. So if you can feed it a thing once a week, like, you're good to go. Do you think you could train a trapper? Like, like you know, ID, you know, I, I, I'm, I am the master – don't kill me. I bring you. I'll bring you food. Don't kill me, and and make that relationship, and get to a point where you're comfortable enough with your trapper, and your trapper is comfortable enough with you, that you could use the trapper as a blanket. I mean, that'd be maybe. that'd be a really unique sort of creature cuddle. I mean, yeah. that's a creature cuddle you can't get with much else. I mean that's what we made the the rug of cuddling the the blanket of cu- cuddling for though. Right, it, it but was there's for a, this purpose. I guess that's fair, but you it's never just, you never know what people are into. That's fair. It'd be like a weird skin blanket, and I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Yeah, someone out there's into that. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> we'll workshop the idea. Because, like, the blanket of cuddling hasn't been doing that well in sales. It, it, it hasn't. It hasn't. I, but, I, I, you know, I'm confident we're going to see a resurgence. Yeah. Like, we found we found a nice market in the Elemental Plane of Ice. But I think that's just because they needed blankets. I, I scrolled over to the Varguil page by accident. And God threw damn up, it. And, and kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> because if anyone remembers freaking Varguils, the gross head winged head monsters we talked about a while back there's a really good story there they're real they're real gross anyway Uh, that's trappers that wrap up trappers that that wrap that's a wrap a trap trap piddly whack I don't know alright hey thanks 
right, our last one, our last creature of the day, is... This is more of a thought experiment. Because there are creatures that we have covered that are way too big for our britches. That are unattainable. But anything's possible in this world. Um, we're talking about a Morkoth. Which is... I don't even know where to fucking start with this thing. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read it and see, see where we go. A Morkoth... Morkoths are described ancient and devious... Morkoths are voracious collectors. Each one travels the plains, amassing the valuables, oddities, and cast-offs of the multiverse to make its collection even more complete. They look like... They kind of got a squid face. They're... they're they've got a lot going on. There's a lot going on. They got, like, the squid face. Yeah, no, like the, like the weird beak. And, you know, a bunch of tentacles, but also, like, spider legs... Yeah, and then a just... a big pile of shit on its back. This yeah, they carry. It's like they carry a horde with them. Yeah, I'm seeing like treasure chests and shields and flags and cha- I think like, there's a chair in there. It looks like there's like a weird pumpkin head. Yeah, um, long ago, a deity of greed and strife perished in the battles among the immortals. Its body drifted through the astral plane, eventually becoming a petrified husk. This corpse floated up against a pearlescent remnant of celestial matter imbued with life and life-giving magic. The collision shattered both objects and released a storm of chaotic energy. Countless islands of mixed matter spun away into the silvery void. Within some of them, a vein of pearl-like material held a bit of the deity's rejuvenated supernatural vitality, which spontaneously created a habitable environment. On those same islands, bits of the god's petrified flesh came back to life in the form of a tentacled monstrosity brimming with malice and greed. Ever since that time, each Morkoth has had an extraplanar island to call home. Gross. Yeah. Um, so again, this is not a pet. This is a thing that buys pets. Yes. This, this is uh, along the, the, the lines of uh, when we had a dude look into the Demigorgon. Yeah. Where it's not so much you getting it as a pet, it's you offering yourself to be its pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, some, someone's into that. I mean, someone is into that. Um, and if, if, if you're into that, get in the comments. Um, yeah. <laughs> get it. Be like, be like Grumble. Get busy. Get uh, busy. Morkoths are described as having no rhyme or reason. A Morkoth's island has the qualities of a dreamscape, in which nature and predictability take a backseat to strangeness and chaos. Upon it is a jumble of objects, a mixture of creatures, some which date back to forgotten times. An islands might have a natural-looking illumination, but most are shrouded in twilight, and on any of them, mists and shadows can appear without notice. The environment is warm and wet, a subtropical or tropical climate that keeps the Morkoth and its, quote-unquote, guests comfortable. It goes on quite a bit. There's a lot to unpack on Morkoth. The, the, the big takeaway here is the fact that they are greedy, they are selfish, they also have a yearning for conflict... And are real gross. They're also real gross. Uh, they they embody the grass is always greener. They desire anything they don't possess, have no scruples about taking what they crave, and endeavor to keep everything they collect. So they're just hoarders. They're interplanar, squiddy, squiddy horrors. Hoarder, yeah. Hoarders. Hoarders, yeah. Hors d'oeuvres. 
Or d'oeuvres. Um, or d'oeuvres, <laughs> No, I wouldn't recommend eating a Morkoth. I don't think it would let you, honestly. I'm just saying, on the off chance you find, like, a dead Morkoth in your astral travels, I wouldn't eat it. This is fair. Uh, a Morkoth spends its time watching over its collection and plotting to acquire more possessions. The monster hoards vast stores of treasure and knowledge. Its island holds numerous captives, which it considers part of its collection. Some inhabitants, such as descendants of original prisoners, might view the Morkoth as a ruler or god. A Morkoth's storehouse of wealth and lore attracts would-be plunderers, of course, as well as those seeking something specific the Morkoth has or knows. The creature shows no mercy to those that try to steal from it, but it can be bargained with by a visitor that offers the Morkoth something it desires. No Morkoth freely gives away anything that it owns. They exist to acquire and give up possessions only if doing so would help the horde grow. Yeah. Oh, man. I would be really interested to see someone be a warlock to a Morkoth. Uh, uh, to a Morkoth. Ooh, that would be cool. Because that is like a the most wild business arrangement. Yeah. Because you would have to, I'm assuming, like regularly give offerings to the Morkoth. Keep acquiring things. Yeah, and keep, keep adding it to the horde in exchange Ooh. for more and more power. That would be crazy. That's really cool. I think I might just have come up with my next character. There you go. You already have too many on the docket. It's true. Um, all in all, though, they're not the toughest creatures in the world. Um, they're they're pretty durable, but they're they're faster in the water than they are on land. They're wicked smart, being able to recall everything in their horde. I was going to say wicked smart. Wicked smart. The wicked smart, man. Uh, they do have some pretty significant magical capabilities. Um, being able to fire off lightning and read people's minds and identify magic items. Their, their magic is, is pretty uh, substantial. Mm-hmm. They have the bites. They have tentacles that can grapple you and smack you around. They have a hypnosis ability uh, that can uh, lure people closer to it. And they also have spell reflection, making them more uh, protected Resistant. from magical uh, punishment and attacks. So but bad boys are buck wild. Yeah. Um more they're they're just they're kind of fascinating. In yeah. this they're they're a weird existence and I feel like in a way we can kind of relate to them cuz we have our ever growing collection. But I guess yeah. we we give it away though. Yes. Well, not it, give it, it away, but we are actively trying to spread our horde uh, and, and share it with others. But it's still like we like to bring in new things, discover new creatures, add them to the to the shop. Yeah, this is fair. My brain is dwindling, so forgive me if you 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 uh mentioned this already. Did you see that they know every object in their collection and can track it throughout the planes of existence? I didn't I didn't read the tracking part. Yeah, that's buck wild. Oh, no. They know everything that's in their horde, and they know where it is at all times, no matter what plane of existence it's on. Fuck. Yeah. Someone so, who dares to steal from a Morkoth or breaks a deal with one will uh, uh, know no rest until the Morkoth is slain or all promises are kept. Yowza. Yeah, that's real crazy, man. This would make such a cool Warlock, Warlock patron. Warlock patron. Oh, it would be, uh, really, be real good. Do like um, I don't know. Like there's a there's a you know lurker in the depths patron now. 
In, oh, in that an, would be really good. In an unearthed arcana, that'd be really cool. Well, that or just a great old one would be pretty good too. Also true. Going going classic. Yeah, because they are uh, they are aberrations. They are classified mm. as aberrations, which that typically so falls in line. They are uh, otherworldly. Yeah. Well, also just they're telekinetic and weird and psionic and that's Hip- hypnosisy and yeah. Anyway, we're getting that's a lot of mechanical talk. We are, we are, but like, oh god, like I just I kind of got hooked on that idea, and that's all I'm thinking about right now. You get real horny for new game ideas, real easy. I know it's because I'm a fucking DM. Yeah, <laughs> character ideas. Hey, even if maybe if you can't play it, you can make a P, like an NPC who. That's what half want. of my NPCs are are just. PC ideas that you're like, I'm never going to be able to play this. I'll just make up an NPC. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I love it. No, oh, I love really it. Good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, more cots are not anything that we have in, in store. Um, this is more of a, maybe something that I figured you and I could maybe start a business relationship with. Like we could yeah. maybe, maybe do a tit for tat sort of thing where we're looking for this thing that the Morkoth already has, but he knows where we can get more of it. Or, you know, we can do some trades or something like that. We have enough nefarious business partners. I mean, like, what's one more? Yeah, you know, yeah. Aside from you fine folks at Patreon. Yeah. This business is sort of built by shady business partners. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's the that's the dirty, rotten truth, and we're sticking there, to it. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> and all of our lovely sponsors via of the course. ads. Yeah, all those fantastic ads that we run for you every week. Mm-hmm. Every other every other week. Every other week. Because we're bi-weekly. Right. Anyway. That's that's all I got to say on Morkoths, basically. They're they're buck wild. I think they'd make a good warlock patron. I want to play this character. Don't mm-hmm. steal from them. Uh, yes. Do, do not. Your life <laughs> Lest you be incur angry. their ire. Oh, and no one likes the ire. You're the big ire. on the word ire today, aren't you? I've said this is the only time I've said ire today. I'm pretty sure you said ire earlier today. No, Quinn said ire today. Oh, Quinn said ire today. Shout out to our friend Quinn. Oh, Quinn, you're the best. <laughs> well, I believe that's it. That's all we've got for that's today. That's all we've got. We talked about some 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 frog frog things. And we talked about, talked about um, some, some spider things. Yeah. And we talked about a flesh blanket. And we talked about uh, a gross squid. What's worse? This is a reference to last episode, if y'all didn't catch on to it. Uh, uh, what's worse, flesh blanket or tentacle throats? Oh, definitely throat tentacle. Tentacle throat. It's the worst. All right. Nothing just, will ever beat throat tentacle. Just ever. just wanted to ask, because, because flesh blanket's also not great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Oh, most definitely. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. Uh, definitely, if you ever have any questions or suggestions or want to hear about any creatures you maybe know a little bit about but want us to expand on, let us know at Pet Shopcast on Twitter. Send us DM or, or just add us, baby. Yeah. Along with that, uh, thank you all for supporting the show by listening to it, by reviewing us online on any podcatcher that lets you for mm-hmm. sharing stories that you've, you know, things that we've talked about with your friends. Um, it's great. And if you have the means and would like to support us, support us in a bit more of a concrete way, we do have a Patreon over at the Ghostlight Media Patreon account, and even a dollar or two goes a long way. 
Yeah, so. I, I believe our the the base is two dollars, and that gives you access to our Discord, where you can talk to us and yeah. um, a bunch of other fantastic people from uh, all the shows on our network and uh, and some of our listeners. Yeah, it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming along on this wild journey that we call definitely, a podcast. Definitely. Well, until next time, everyone, remember that I am Zach. And I am, in fact, still Griffin. And yes. at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. Baby. Bye. Thank you all for listening to episode 34 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at PetShopCast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media properties and the fantastic people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Connor, Everett, and Carlin for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We also want to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, make sure to give your cats some extra treats. They told me they deserved it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to watch that show you missed and all your friends talk about? Have you wondered if that show you love still holds up? Welcome to I Missed It, the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us loved and the other one missed. I'm Ryan and I missed it. I'm Brittany and I loved it. Season 1 premieres Tuesday, March 10th. You can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod or at I Missed It Pod.com. First up, Buffy, season one. It's technically Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> well, I guess that's a way better name. And then if we just kind of let it fade out over this, that's kind of funny, isn't it? Okay. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.